Welcome everyone. You are here with the IFISC team and uh, you are listening to the Communication Solution where we are here to help you serve the individuals, the organizations, and the communities that you work with or you work in. Today we have, as usual, we have our director, Casey Jackson. Hello. Tammy Calais. Hello. Who has brought this here with us for marketing and all sorts of good things we do. And my name is John Gilbert, and we're going to dive into some topics today that will hopefully serve you. But again, keep in mind, we are open to hear what you have to say, because these are coming from real users and people that have gone through our training. Tammy, if you wouldn't mind just opening up what people were asking about. Yes. So we recently got a question from a Sarah in Minnesota, and she asks, can I say, is this within the realm of MI or motivational interviewing? Let me pause you there, or it's my job to stay in the realm of when working with someone. So that's her question. Those are that's a good question. I think the thing I always want to launch with when we're talking motivational interviewing is it's you know it depends what your intention is, and we're not going to get into what's right or wrong. It's just more of our take on what motivational interviewing is. And just at a base level, what I always think of is who is the conversation about? It's just my ear when I hear, let me pause you there, or I need to keep you in the realm of is very clinician or agency driven, which is not person centered. So again, it's not bad or or good. It's just a matter of is in the realm of motivational interviewing. And that for me, just hearing things like that sounds more traditional, which is not wrong. It's just not motivational interviewing. So that's just off the top of my head. As soon as I hear that, I think there's so many ways to shape conversations very effectively and incredibly efficiently. But I think it's just, we tend to be more self-centered or agency-centered when we're communicating, which tends to be less motivational interviewing. And also add to that same kind of thinking process, Casey, that you started with of what are you trying to conduct? What are you trying to facilitate? That where is the person at with this topic? You could think of stages of change. If they're trying and wanting to improve and they're really working on something, then you saying that might be, has a higher likelihood to be like, oh, what do you mean by that? Stop you there. Well, you know, I'm looking for feedback. I'm I'm seeking feedback is a different state of mind than someone that isn't seeking feedback and doesn't want to be stopped. Because for most people, when you say, I'm going to stop you there, it feels like there could be resistance that or discord that could come up from that because you're, you're halting me and pushing me or stopping me. And it feels almost like you have compliance with me versus if I'm expressing myself and trying to improve or get feedback, it's a different intention that I have on the expressing end. And if you jumped in with that, you'd be matching me possibly where I'm at a little bit more. It doesn't mean it's necessarily motivational interviewing, but when you do that, you're, you're definitely paying attention to your perspective as the, the practitioner. I'm going to stop you there. I have something to say, which again, can be helpful. You'd less likely lean on it in MI, but it, it, it's just more you and me, I egocentric versus empathic. 
you know, it and seems like it's a like you're directing someone too. Like, yes, let me let me just stop you right there. Yes, it's very it's very again egocentric when we say those things. It's also not only is it just directive, it's probably an indicator, probably an indicator of the writing reflex, because what you're doing is not right. What you're saying is not right. Where we're going is not right, Mm -hmm. according to my agenda. And that is the foundation for what writing reflex is about, is what you're doing is not right. So let me get you on the right track. So it's that, that need or that instinct that we have to jump in front of people and say, stop, which is one of the biggest indicators of the writing reflex. Mm-hmm. Yes, very powerful. Uh, and that can be from a place of compassion that you're like, whoa, 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 hold up, yeah. stop. Let me pause you there. And it can be compassionate. You're trying to operate from a place of being helpful. It's just what the research is showing with MI in particular, that when someone appears less motivated or there's more sense of resistance or discord, saying that is likely to generate a sense within them to push back or shut down. And that's where people will sense that. And if you know, if don't take my word for it, just experiment, ask people, you know, but they'll, they'll let you know with resistance or shutting down passive or aggressive kind of where they're at. But again, uh, that is a specific kind of person that is expressing themselves to you. Usually in like Casey, you said a clinician setting or a practitioner setting, we tend to say, Oh, let me stop you there. Let me reroute my agenda over your agenda. And the, la- the last thing I'll say to add something new to this, it's it kind of relates to like improv acting. It's that whole concept of yes and. So how do you validate, not necessarily agree, likely empathize or, or highlight something positive for them and build on it? So yes, you're going through these things and... Let me bring up this other thing that seems to be in relation to what's important to you. And let me bring in this Mm -hmm. concept that seems to be helpful, but not push it on you, not try to get you to, but I'm just going to yes and versus but no. And just that feeling can be different. So I just wanted to give voice to that can also just feel different and shut me down versus open me up. The, the thing I would link to that as well, John, is what I always caution people as if even using the and is where you're going to push the attention to. If you're going to push it to yourself and I'm wondering or and I need and I it makes it more you know professional centered and we can still orchestrate in a more effective am I adherent way. And knowing that we only have this much time left, what would be most helpful from here since this is what you originally came in for? That is very person-centered, but also redirects their thought process into the here and now and what can be most effective with either given time frame or given topic of why they are talking to us in the first place. There are very MI-skillful ways of being able to navigate that to still shape and guide the conversation, which is exactly what MI is about. When you think of the MICA, guiding is helping people get towards the solution or resolution or the point of the referral that if you're not doing it, it's not motivational interviewing. So you have to do that, but you can do it in an MI adherent way or a non-adherent way. And the more self-centered or agency centered we tend to be, the less by definition it's person centered or client or patient centered. So 
so we can still shape those conversations. And so often, more and more, I've been talking to people about it's almost like learning a foreign language. For a lot of people, they said it's the equivalent for them of learning a foreign language. Like I know what's going through my brain right now. I'm having a hard time converting it into MI. So their brain hears it in a way that's the most potent and impactful to be able to make sure that this is a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate the practicality and tangibility you just added, Casey, of like the example. I can't repeat exactly what you said, but that was a wonderful example. And it brought to mind some some sort of things we work on in skill buildings. For those that don't know, we do these skill buildings and you get audio submissions, you know, with them. It's a great, great deal, quite honestly. But anyways, when in these skill buildings, we'll talk about how do you talk about policies or timeframes? And it's a lot like what you just talked about, Casey, where basically there's certain things that maybe you can't change and they can't change. So I can talk about it from a you're required to yeah, but you have to, I got to stop you there because of time, you know, whatever it is, I can do it in a way that generates resistance or compliance, or I can, as you might say, Casey, stand shoulder to shoulder and look at this situation of five minutes left in the interaction and how to approach that from a way to say, knowing that, given that this is something we're in together right now. Those are the sorts of reframings that aren't just techniques, it's your intention to really look at something together and approach it collaboratively as a partnership. And that's what we talk about in the MICA too. And treating them as an equal, at least, that here's what we can face today with knowing that insurance will cover it if we hit on these topics and we haven't touched on this one. I'm wondering if that's something you want for the rest of the time we have with insurance to cover this. Or if you want to just keep talking about, you know, what's going on and insurance not, you know, there's always a choice. There's always something, but can you approach it from this place of not trying to get them or push them? And I think that was a really helpful point that you made there, Casey. And John, I think that example, and whether you're listening to the audio or maybe you're watching the video, you can see John is literally in the video trying to show shoulder to shoulder and looking at it from their viewpoint. That helps I think a lot of people understand that we can look at it from their perspective rather than our own. And we're not beholden to their perspective, but you need to first seek to look at it through their perspective because then you can elucidate things on the horizon that their brains may not be tracking. This is the mastery of partnership and guiding in motivational interviewing. Guiding is towards the solution or resolution and partnership is the interface between the two of you. What I think of, one of the things that I look at with just exceptionally good partnering is the path starts to light up in a way those cobblestones in front of them light up in a way that they would not light up if you were not in the room. And so there are times we need to share or shape, you know, a conversation to to provide the right dose of information at the right time, but it's to elucidate this person's path in the direction that they ultimately came in for what they were referred to or where they want to go in a behavior change process. So so everything is fair game. It just is literally how do we open our mouths and orchestrate that in a way that really aligns with the the depth and the intention of a person-centered approach. Mm-hmm. Which which can go into various, because I'm thinking of just different possibilities of what could come up for people of, you know, suicide ideation, and I have to report that. There are so many MI-adherent ways to kind of introduce that up front of you get to decide uh, if this is kind of in place, then here is what 
I am required to do, but you get to decide. And so there's so many things that we can talk about shoulder to shoulder. And basically, there's a whole bunch more we could get into. But Casey, you and other uh, podcasts and things talk about a mountain analogy and having lizard eyes and all these really interesting (laughs) analogies that we don't have time for today. But those sorts of things help stand shoulder to shoulder to look at the situation together and help problem solve it given the time, policies, and resources you have without pushing something in a way that makes it about you and what you are trying to get done. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. I know we're going to be wrapping up shortly, but one thing I did want to circle back on that John just mentioned briefly, just because those are listening might be curious. John talked about skill building and what he was talking about is we offer skill building classes or courses through ifioc.com. So you can always check out those classes if you're interested. Sounds good. All right. Is there anything else you guys have to add to it? No, I just, I think it gets to the heart of what the question was about. And I, I appreciate those types of questions because it is the real questions based in real world are just, those are really fun to, you know, be able to kind of disassemble and, and unpack and, and look at different components. So really appreciate, you know, Sarah taking the time to, to shoot that question in. All right. Well, with that in mind, we'll just, you know, thank you all for listening and thank you for, for asking the question there. And, and please, again, any, any and all we can. Uh, there's more resources on ifioc.com. We've got our online membership, a blog there. Uh, you can subscribe to this if you aren't already on Apple Podcasts or YouTube. And you can join the community for motivational interviewing every day on Facebook. We have a public community there that we're shaping, as well as just reiterating that even if you don't join any of that this is just really trying to help you provide the communication solution that will change your world so thank you so much for listening and we look forward to serving you more in the future take care take care thanks